You know what time it is. It is Corporate Courtney Thursday, and I am your host, Courtney Johnson, and welcome to what I'm going to dub this episode as your skip level. I kind of mulled around with the idea of having a 13th episode and having a floor 13, and then it played in my head about how, you know, there are no 13th floors on in hotels, or some hotels, um, typically skip it in office buildings. And I'm not super superstitious. I'm a Christian. I believe God has me at all times, but I also don't play with the unknown. So if there's anything to be avoided, I just do so. I mean, we all went home on March 13th. And just to respect my followers who may have just got a phobia, I decided we won't have a floor 13. And this will just be a skip level. Um, and I hope that's fine with you because I can't change it. You're already listening to it. It's, it's a done deal. It's over. Just make sure to take it easy on me in the comments of my Instagram post or on Twitter or whatever. But um, this week, I wanted to do a little off base than like actually in corporate America. It's more so what it's like when you're home from corporate America. Now, for those who don't know me or for those of you who do know me, I have several different personalities, not diagnosed or anything, but at any given time, you meet a very different version of me. And that just depends on my mood, my environment, who I'm around. My father dubbed me the chameleon when I was like eight. So I think it's pretty obvious to everyone around me that I kind of fit into my environment. So it's never been hard. I actually do it with breeze and some facts of the matter is is like I don't even recognize it sometimes but there is a corporate Courtney there's a CJ a Kojo just Courtney Rihanna I mean it is what it is at any given point in time that being said at work people tend to get corporate Courtney a little Kojo might slip in from time to time and a little Courtney gives off a bit of don't take no bullshit type of sense. And and then I got to stuff her back down inside. But for the most part, people at work get a professional version of me, which isn't lying or manipulative. It's just something black people got to do. It's like that meme where Peter Griffin from Family Guy unzips himself and it's just a black dude underneath. It's like you got to take off your cool for a minute or not even really your cool, your lame and just be you for a moment when you get off work. And so my social media accounts that are not the ones that I use for this podcast are truthfully little snippets of me or the me that I decide I would rather share with the world. So when I meet people in office settings or at work, a lot of the things that I've noticed is that the first thing the younger and really older, you know what, really anybody they want to do is follow you on social media. They get a kick out of being able to find you in the suggested friends of Facebook, mostly the older people, or they ask you for your social media handle or or what do you go by on Instagram? What do you what do you do you tweet? And it's like, 
Where do you find that balance to tell them you ain't really cool like that? We we ain't we ain't on the same page as far as real life. So I'm going to pass. And this is going to sound rude to some of you guys, but when I start in an office space, I make sure that people who want to be friendly and chat up are very aware that we are not friends. And everybody always thinks I'm joking. They're like, oh my God, Courtney, you're so funny. And I'm like, (laughs) we are not friends. I'm sorry. No, we are acquaintances. We may grow to be friends one day, but we are not friends. And people get a hoot out of it or they're pretending to get a hoot out of it because their feelings are hurt. But regardless, I've never got any backlash for it. That being said, it's true on my end. We are not friends just because we stop and get a cup of coffee together in the middle of the day or you ask me how my weekend is and I ask you how your weekend is or you spent hours pouring into me about your fiance and him proposing and what he does for a living and this, that and the other. And yet, you know, little to nothing about me. That's for a reason. I'm not at work to make friends. We're not buddy, buddy. Now I'm cordial, right? I mean, we got to spend eight hours of the day at least together. I mean, There's no way that we're not going to have some sort of friendly demeanor unless you're just an awful, awful human being. But that doesn't mean that I would consider you someone that I would go hang out with on a Saturday. And we may even get drinks after work. I technically view that as still being a part of work. But when I get home and I am me or I'm talking to my real friends, the energy is different. The verbiage is different. I mean, it's just a whole air about me is different. So if I let you follow me on social media, you're going to see a completely different person. And then it's going to have to be talked about in the office. And then it's going to have to be a source of subject for the beginning of an icebreaker for some meeting. And now I'm on front street trying to pretend like that's not really me. And it's all just so unnecessary. If I work with you and we're not friends, We don't need to follow each other. We don't need to do any of that. But it hurts a lot of people's feelings. Not the whole we're not friends thing. That part they get through just fine. But not wanting to give them your Instagram name or or be friends on Facebook actually makes people feel attacked. I've only ever been really confronted to the point where I yielded um, in an office space because this girl that I was working with happen to be friends or associates I'm not really sure of a girl I would call a friend so when we first started in the same office on the same team she just knew that we were connected and we were going to be friends this that and the other and I lied and I said oh I don't really use Instagram that much you know it's not it's not anything to really follow I barely remember to do it it's just not my thing then they went through their friend's page to find me and then to send me a request and was sending me messages of things they liked on the internet as well just bombarding and bombarding and I was ignoring it I was ignoring it just fine I live my life pretty easy I don't really give people too many second thoughts when I get off work but at work she confronted me about it and was like you never respond to any of my messages and I said oh I told you I don't really pay attention to that so I didn't know you had them lie sorry so 
but she was like, I mean, just go on right now and just accept it. And then we can be friends. And I was like, I'm really not into it. And she's like, you can even follow my photography page. I'm a photographer on the side. And I'd love to see you to see. And finally, I was like, oh, my God, if I don't get this girl up out my face, I may slap her. And then now I got to talk to HR about why I let Becky get me out my character. So I followed her. And then proceeded to block her from all stories. So, yes, she got to see whatever I posted whenever I posted an actual picture. But, like, she's not going to see me taking shots on the weekend or me at Made in America with my friends dancing a Coldplay. You're just not, you're not getting that open thing. And for those of you who just judge me a little bit about the Coldplay statement, that is one of my favorite concerts ever. I mean, it's Jill Scott first, but Coldplay, that was magical. If you don't do nothing but make sure that when we open this country back up and you see Coldplay live, you deserve, you deserve. It just makes me uncomfortable, though, to have people I work with have an insight on my personal doings and my personal feelings. I mean, I could be playing hooky. And if I'm posting pictures of me at a Braves game instead of at work, I don't want you seeing it and then showing it to people at work or joking about it with your managers. And now I have to have a conversation about putting work first. I mean, that's never happened because I'm smart, but that's the kind of scenario and the situation that you just don't need to open yourself up to. Right. I don't need to be Facebook friends with my manager so that she can see that. I know every lyric to every Meg Thee Stallion song that's out here right now. Not that she would know who Meg Thee Stallion is, but there are some lyrics out there that would really, you know, make her skin crawl a little bit. And that's fine. It's not like I'm out here twerking on the gram or like got my my nudes all out. Everybody didn't see or anything. But there is a glimpse of me that I am not comfortable sharing with people I work with. And unfortunately, the line doesn't get to just be drawn there. People take offense to that kind of idea that they're not getting the full and genuine and authentic you. So there's got to be a balance somewhere. And outside of the one chick that just wouldn't leave me be, most people tend to like let me joke it off and never bring it up again. But I always get those sneaky people who later just find me and they're discovered whatever or they're suggested whatever and just send that little request through. And I will either ignore it or block it because it's just not for me. Now, there are opportunities throughout the way I work that I may say, hey, you know what? I consider you a friend. We've talked about some real like stuff. You may not know me for real, for real, but it's enough for me to be able to show you my Instagram and then me at brunch with my girls. So I'm not saying you can't ever have friends at work. It's just I need that time to develop and to grow and to feel comfortable with that. And so it's not going to happen off base and it's not going to happen for a lot of you. And I'm not perfect. I mean, the corporate Courtney persona is fun at work. But like I said, Courtney may slip in. Kojo may have a little say at something. And it lets people see that I am a little bit real, but I'm able to catch it and stuff it deep back inside so that no one ever really knows. I mean, I'm young. The whole faking it all day thing, sometimes it can't be controlled. I'll tell y'all. I mean, I was thoroughly embarrassed. Like if I was white, I would have been red. But they were talking about doing a Thanksgiving potluck my first year at um, the company I work for now. And I signed up to bring the mac and cheese because I was really just craving a good old mac and cheese. But because I live alone, it don't make sense for me to make no five cheese baked macaroni and then be sitting in my house eating all this carb and dairy. That's not healthy. It's not smart. But I needed some mac and cheese in my life. 
And corporate potlucks are weird. They're never around the time of Thanksgiving. Like if I was like, oh, I could just wait till Thanksgiving and be fine. But no, this potluck was like on November 2nd or something. So it's like, I got weeks before I can really get some mac and cheese. I'm craving it now. I'm signing up for mac and cheese now. So everyone's talking about, you know, what they can make or what everybody's signed up for. And my senior manager's talking about she signed up for mashed potatoes because it's the only thing she can make. And sorry, she did not make that. That was not. I didn't know you could mess up mashed potatoes before I was working here, but you can. Cooking is not everybody's ministry. And I understand it. I'm not judging, but just like sign up for plates, cups, cutlery. That's that's your space. That's your that's your baseline. But this other white woman who travels all over the world, eats at every five star restaurant, knows all the Michelin chefs. I mean, just as bougie as bougie comes. And I love her from on the outside because she makes other white people uncomfortable. And I live for it. I live for her talking filth about people's Paris trips. It brings me joy. However, she decided she was going to question me on how I make my mac and cheese. And at first, I just kindly answered some of her questions. Oh, no, I don't just use cheddar. I use five different cheeses. Oh, one that people don't tend to use is Munster, but I love to sneak it in there. It gives it a certain taste and texture that other cheeses don't. Yada, yada, yada. But the questions kept coming. Do you make a bechamel? What about a roux? How do you... And finally, I guess the real me couldn't take the questions anymore, but she snuck on out and she said, look, honey, I'm black. I can make the damn mac and cheese. And everyone stopped in their tracks. No one was laughing. No one knew what to do. Well, except my friend Ton. She was dying. She's she got problems. She's crazy. She was going to get me in trouble. And she was like, Oh my God, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to have your mac and cheese. And then it was over. I reeled at the thought of me saying that for like five weeks. And push come to shove, she didn't even show up to the potluck. So she didn't even get to taste my mac and cheese. She was doing all that questioning and judging. And then didn't get to be able to say, oh, I was wrong. You are black. You can make the mac and cheese. I'll stop pushing. And this was over a year ago. So I'm still a little bent about it. And that's my problem. That's something I got to work on. Me, Jesus, and my therapist holding these grudges. But still, I was thoroughly embarrassed. Why would I ever mention race in the workplace? Why would I cuss at her? And why would I have gotten this I, like, type of accent where it was just like, you got to stop playing me in this office? That is not how I talk there. But it was just a small glimpse of who I really am. And I was able to push it back in, joke about somebody else's food selection, and move on. Now, if someone had been following me on social media, they would have said, oh, that's how Courtney really is. And she just told you behind off, as opposed to just this cute little joke in the office place. (laughs) That Courtney is hilarious. Which is how the story got retold later. Once everybody got comfortable outside of the awkward moment, it was just like a little funny story that they said. But even from then, it was a point of conversation with people who were not even in there. So why would I open myself up to let other people see another side of me? Consistently at that. But also, since I've gotten older (laughs) in these social media days, I've also created these fake Twitter, fake Instagram accounts. Um, that I can utilize in a professional setting. 
they're not going to be me taking shots or me getting my nose pierced or getting a tattoo or at the pool or anything of that nature. It's going to be me in professional settings. It's going to be me at conferences. It's going to be me asking questions that relate to product management. They're they're wholesome and clean. I mean, even the Instagram page that I have now, I'm hoping all of my coworkers find it and decide to follow it. And all of a sudden, it's just a bunch of me and my podcast. Now, that actually does make me a little bit nervous because some of these stories, they're going to be able to pick apart and piece together who is who and what is what. But that's a drama for another Courtney and a topic of another episode. (laughs) So yes, it's, it's, it's sad that I feel like I have the need to do that. And I haven't figured out how I would want to do a fake Facebook because then it'll just get combined because Facebook is like the wild west. Even if I make a business professional version of it, someone's auntie's going to find it and then they're going to follow that one. And then they're going to be posting pictures and tagging me. And it's still going to be my personal life exposed in this very real way to people that I was trying to hide it from. And none of it would be bad. It's just you, you lack a lot of control or you have to do a lot of setting and changes to make that happen. So at this point, it's just kind of like, No one who wasn't alive when Biggie got shot or was too young to really comprehend what was happening has a Facebook anyways. So that one you can pretty much get away with. But it's very real for many young black people to have completely different personalities in the workplace than what they're like outside of it, even outside of my extreme case of being a chameleon. But it's just a reality that we've always had to go through. We have our white voice which we use to make reservations and answer phone calls we have different pronunciations and articulations for things just so that people think that we're saying something differently we may even have fun activities that resonate with a wider group than would be specific to what we're really doing on the weekends it's not uncommon and actually As we're starting to get into this new age where black youths are starting to understand that we don't have to pretend to be something that we're not in the office place to continue to be successful. In fact, a lot of people are finding that being their genuine selves attracts more opportunity because they're authentic. However, this is still America and no matter how much you want something to be more progressive, does not always indicate that it will be. If you want to be your true self in an office setting, I am, for one, never going to be like, don't do that. That's crazy. That's stupid. Because if someone else doesn't start that trend, we may be stuck in a scenario or in a situation we'll never get through. Like, I wholeheartedly owe my life to the woman who first decided she would wear braids to the office. Or decided that finally nude colored nails was no longer going to be her lifestyle and that she was going to do what she needed to do. Because now I change my hair up every quarter and my nails are always done. I mean, it is a point of conversation nonetheless. Oh my God, why are your nails so long? Doesn't it make it hard to type? These are my real fingernails. Well, why don't you cut them? Because I like them shaped this way and I like them colored this way. But It doesn't stop me from doing my job and I'm able to keep it pushing and it's getting normalized. So the fact of the matter is slowly but surely we'll be able to continue to enter in a corporate America space authentically ourselves 
So if you feel like you're not having your white voice and you're not pretending to be somebody you're not, more power to you, hun. But at the end of the day, the conversations that go on in back rooms and in office places and on the golf courses, as they say, when they don't want someone so outspoken around is where a lot of the mingling and the networking happens and you miss out on it. And you're, we're going to miss out on it in general. We're not going to always be widely accepted, even if you are trying your best. There's no way you can fit into whatever box someone's created for you to make it. But there is a certain finesse to how things happen in the workplace that you have to be mindful of. And you have to weigh the outcomes and the risks that are associated with it. Is that something you're willing to miss out on? Or is that something that you're, you're willing to to ignore to be you? And it's hard to fake it all day, every day. I'm not saying it's easy for a lot of people in any way. So adding that additional amount of stress to yourself while you're already working is also not something that I am 100% for. So you kind of have to identify for yourself what pieces of you are really going to seep through in a corporate environment. But I also would like to say, even if you are the real you in your office place, that does not mean that they still have a right to your social media and everything that you do outside of work. That is for you to decide. These whole things were supposed to be started as like ways to connect with friends, how to communicate with those that you miss and want to enjoy outside of work, because we're always at work. I don't want to have to come home looking at you, thinking about what you're doing and all that when I've had to do that all day that's tasking I want to see what my friend's new kid is doing I want to watch some new TikTok video I want to chit chat with my friends and post memes about how stupid corporate America is I don't have time to be worried about you your feelings and what you're doing after work because once I clock out or scan that badge exit that garage I'm done with y'all and I should be allowed to be and you should be allowed to be So all in all, tell people no. Create professional versions of your social media account if you feel like saying no is a lot harder and you'd rather just have that leeway. Or accept people and let them get whatever they want and deal with it as it comes. I think all the different ways we've approached social media is new because the generations before us didn't have anything like it. So as we're going through the motions of a lot of this stuff, we're learning as we go and we're setting the tone for what it looks like in the future. So just as you're practicing and doing these things, make mental notes so that you can share them with others and you can share them with people who are up and coming. And that way we can all learn to grow together because I mean, at the end of the day, isn't that the whole point of you listening to this podcast? I mean, I'm no expert, but there's a familiarity around someone in a similar space and hearing how they go about certain scenarios and situations. So I task you to do the same. I mean, you don't have to start a podcast. That's my space. Get off my space. Stop trying to copy me. No, but share it with other people. Kids coming out of school now and they're talking about, oh my God, someone asked me to be on social media. Have those conversations with them. Be upfront about it. Share your experiences of what happens when you do, what happens when you don't. And this new generation behind us is a lot smarter and savvier than we were. So they may have it already down pat. And 
that's all I've got for you this week. I want to thank everyone who told me that I am corporate America's princess after last week's episode. Um, I was thoroughly embarrassed that I even said something of that nature, but it was just so much I couldn't edit it out. Otherwise, I was going to have like a four minute episode or something of the sort. It was like a weird place, but um, you guys seem to like it. So thank you for not harassing me about it. And y'all, just a quick update on last week's episode. So my manager who I had that talk with and how she said it was someone else that, you know, bothered her. That other person reports to her, too. So she's been slick side dissing him like all week to me because I guess she's already admitted to me that she don't care for his the way he speaks and how he does. And it's so blatant sometimes in meetings now that I'm like, oh, my gosh, did I just set this man up for the kill? I mean. She is giving it to him relentlessly, cutting him off in the middle of sentences, talking over him, making comments about, oh, I guess he's not going to show up when he's like one minute late. Like it's intense. Um, I will keep you updated because it's hilarious to me now that it has nothing to do with me. I'm not going to gossip about it with them. Like she says it to me and I'm like, oh, my God, no. Like I keep it very, very vague. Because for those of you who don't know, your companies track those Slack and Skype and Teams messages. So it's all there. So I'm just playing it very cool and letting her talk. And when he vents to me about her, I let him vent. And it's lovely. Like I'm in the middle, but I'm not really playing the game. I wonder if this is how refs feel. You know, I used to give them a lot of crap, but that guess that's got to be a lot of fun. You're right there in the mix of the thing, but you ain't got to. It's, it's kind of fun. Um, so I will keep you guys up to date on the manager woes. Um, but it is, it's been fun. I'll try and see if I can't remember exactly one scenario and situation and repeat it verbatim next week so that you guys can see just how ridiculous it really is. Um, as always, if you enjoy the episode or if you have similar thoughts on social media in the workplace and sharing it with coworkers or, Having to be a different person in corporate America, um, please send them to me at the corporate Courtney podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter and social media at underscore corporate court. And yes, I know you're thinking it. I have real Instagrams. If you follow me, congratulations. If you don't, you're not missing anything. I'm really a bore. Um, this, all this, the whole episode was by hype. So don't worry about it. You're not missing nothing. And just me trying to learn to play the piano. Nothing big. <laughs> um, so that's it. That's all I've got for you on this skip level floor. I appreciate you guys listening and I will see you guys on the 14th floor. Toodles. <laughs>